Radio, 92.5. It's Columbus, Hastings, and Dover. He's Scott Hastings. He's Tyler Columbus. I'm Rob Trujillo filling in for Dover. Where do we think he is right now, by the way? It's on a beach somewhere. This feels like the world's longest vacation. How long has this been? The guy is drunk. (laughs) There you go. I, I mean, it's been like already a week. Right. And he's still not back till Monday, I think. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I saw him at a very expensive shoe store in Philadelphia. And not like like fancy shoes, but like very expensive. Yeah, every si- every <laughs> single day. Dover complains about working five jobs, about not making enough money, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. And, and, and and then he's, he's sending us a text at night like, hey, should I buy these shoes? They're 500 bucks. Yeah, I, I was going to I was yeah. gonna say I don't think they have shoes in that store. Who that cares? Like Five hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we wish Dover well wherever you are, Dover. We love you. Um, Want to talk a little bit? Hey, hey, hey. Be nice. What was? What I heard. I heard you. What? It sounded like the the Coach Sanders drop that we were using yesterday with Nelly. Well. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey real, real quick before you get into whatever you're getting into over there. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, we, we do have some breaking NFL news. Uh, Nick Bosa has signed his deal with the 49ers. Uh, he signed a record-setting, like, by a landslide deal for the highest-paid defensive, defensive player in the NFL. $107 million extension with $122.5 million guaranteed. $170. The $170 million. Yeah, yeah, but but $122.5 of that is guaranteed. Yeah. Unfrickin' real. Yeah. A defensive player is making look, man. He's probably worth it. I guess. I I I don't know. I I even even I debate. I mean, listen. There's there's three there's three spots that are just worth it. You, you, your quarterback is worth it. Your, your your premier edge rusher is worth it, and your left tackle is worth it. Uh, I and then and then arguably your corner is worth it. Arguably your right tackle is worth it, but you got three that is worth it. Right. And if you get one of those dudes, you, you just pay whatever you got to pay. But that is amazing. I mean, seriously, what was Russell Wilson's deal? So it was 245. I think was that, is that what, how much was guaranteed though? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to look. Yeah. I, I, I don't know off the top of my head here, but I, but I'd be curious to see what that looks like relative to quarterback money. Well, it's all going to go up, right? Uh, 165 million in guarantees for Russell Wilson. So, so Bosa gets 40 million less guaranteed than Russell Wilson got, which sounds about right. Well, it, it, <laughs> it seems like Russell Wilson robbed him. But, both both yeah. by talking about position and yeah. I mean, it seems like seems like it's, it lands right. Yeah, yeah. Right in the spot. But you know what I love about it? Both Lynch and 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 Shanahan, the coach. There was never panic. No. And, and although I think Andy Reid's handled Clark's missing in Kansas City, there still feels like there's a little more panic on that one than there ever was in San Francisco. Well, we'll spend some more time talking about it in the Daily Dose, but it, you wonder if now, now dominoes are going to start falling across the league with in places like Kansas City now that this contract is done. Mm. So we'll talk more about it well, during the all, Daily Dose. Does Nick Bosa need to play in the preseason? No. No. No, no he does not. <laughs> Especially with his, the injuries that he's had, no way, no. Uh, no way I'm throwing him. Um, all right, so let's talk about this. Seth Luger shame. He called his brother up as soon as this happened. He went, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> yeah. What's that clip of him uh, outside the Eagles 49ers game? And he's like, I'm good. I'm rich. I can afford it. And someone's yelling at him about his fines and everything. I'm right, rich. Right. I can afford it. Like, now they both can. Uh, not that they couldn't before. Let's talk about this Seth Wickersham article. One of the things I found most interesting, and I'd love to know if you guys found something else in there that uh, really piqued your interest. One of the things I found most interesting and is great just kind of life advice from Bill Parcells and not the kind of advice I would expect from Bill Parcells 
is you can't fight about everything essentially is what he said. You can't get, you can't be worried about battling every single thing that you disagree with. And in the article, they talk about how he would get in fights about, you know, mics on the side of the field and a neutral observer that he was upset about. And the it size a concussion doctor. Right? Right, and he apologized to him. Um, and the size of the Christmas tree in, in the saints uh, facility. I mean, stuff like that. Listen, I know that you need type A personalities in your building. I know that you need people who are incredibly detail-oriented and care a lot to make sure that the job is done the right way. That is an important thing in any business, much less in, in these multi-billion dollar industries that they're in. But I think there's something to be said for, hey, man, chill out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yep. you don't have the time or the energy. You don't have the mental bandwidth to fight about all those things time and time again. I had a buddy of mine who was one of the greatest assistant coaches I've ever had. We've talked about how some coaches are just better as assistants, right? I mean, he he was phenomenal. He had one stint as a head coach uh, when New Jersey didn't last a couple of years, whatever. Uh, and I asked him, I said, Dave, why are you going to get back in? He goes, no. I go, why? He goes, there's something about – when I became a head coach, I became I became a different person. Mm. I became an a-hole. I go, really? He goes, yeah, everything bothered me. He said, I once fined a guy $500 for farting in practice. Yeah. And, and, he's, and he, he said it, it, it made me manic. And, and if you read yeah. that whole article, I mean, basically, maybe that's, that's Peyton's personality anyway. But he's manic on some things, as you said, can't let go or, or things he didn't even need to battle. But I had a buddy of mine, I'm telling you, he was one of the greatest assistants I've ever played for. And he said, no. He said, I, I became a person I didn't recognize being a head coach, and I didn't like that guy. It happens to a lot of people, man. I mean, whether it's the power, the stress, uh, a little bit of all of it, uh, it, it, it just changes you. Uh, you you're... you're you're living in fear all the time and coaching no matter what, whether you're a positional coach or a head coach, but there's something different when your name's on the front of it, right? Now, but but you go back to, like, you can't be everywhere at the same time, and I, I'm not going to derail us back to see you here, but uh, you, you look at what Dion's doing up there. He's got his foot. He's got his hand on everything. He's got his hand on the on the jerseys. On but the he uniforms. also lets the coaches uh, coach. That's what I was going right. to say. He also is an incredible delegator and lets them do their job. Yes, yes, and that's exactly what I was going to say. The big difference is if you want to have your hand all over the place, okay, fine. But you got to hire the right people that can cover you where your hands. Because you got to you got to be focused on something, right? Mm -hmm. And and you got to know what what your identity, what your purpose is to this team. Now, my my first thought from this article. Sean Payne's got to stop this. He's got to stop this. Stop doing this. What, what, what is he doing? Why, why are you doing this? What in specific? This, a 20-page article. The, the interview this, itself. The, the inter listen, man. That, that covered you, months. You, you have, listen, Seth, Seth Waker, Sam, this is, not, this is not a beat writer. This is not a guy, like when he sits down this with you. This is what you, he does, yeah. When he sits That's down he with you, he's going to sit down with you for weeks, maybe months. Right. I don't know. Uh, and, and he's going to interview every single person in that building about you, right? It's, it's an expose. That's, that's what it is. And, and so when you say yes to this, you understand what you're saying yes to, right? And you've been, pre you've been preaching all offseason long. 
hey, we're hanging in the shadows, boys. We're hanging in the shadows. Nobody get out there in spotlight. Russ, stop being about Russell Wilson, Inc. He even says it in this article, right? Hey, hey Russ, stop being about Russell Wilson, Inc. Quit kissing Can all the effing babies, babies, right? He ain't running for office. Well, listen, I think Russ did need to have that conversation. I do. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to give Russ a lot of credit. He's had one or two highlight videos that he's put out. But the dude's been pretty damn quiet on social media. But don't I, you I mean, think... Do you think that has more to do with the fact that he was such a failure last season? Well, I think it's a little bit of everything, but but his new coach came in and, no. and told him what the guidelines are, and he and he's I, abided by I it. Think, I think he shows he has the ability to realize he's not the biggest thing, and I'm going to respect the head coach's wishes. Yeah. But that's when – so Sean Payton isn't coming off a year where he was awful. So if Sean Payton wants to do the expose, that's different than Russell Wilson saying, I'm going to – Kiss the babies. Uh, look, I, I'm, I'm just saying at some point, players keep reading these articles. They're going to start saying yes. They, p- people are going to ask them for interviews. and They're going to be like, oh, okay. I'm just playing yeah. devil's advocate. I'm just asking if that makes you feel different if you were a player. The fact that Sean Payton's not coming off a 5-11 and 11 season. 12 oh, season. I look, <laughs> Sean Payton has absolutely got the authority to say, do as I say, not as I do. Right. Yeah. It, absolutely. He's got that. And as a player, I would do whatever he says, no matter what he's doing. But I was also a little grunt. I, I, I was a little nobody that, that was trying to hold on for dear life out there, right? It's different, the guys that are in the Russell Wilson territories. Yeah. Scotty, what was your big takeaway well, from that? I will, I will say this. Didn't Peyton's last year's coach was 9-8, and eight, and he had three straight first-round losses coming out of the playoffs. So he'd had some failures. And he even talked about that, how that just ate him away also. Um my, my thing in the arc, I'm a little bit like like Tyler. You you kind of preached one thing, but this to me is Peyton. To me, I mean, I think he is an egomaniac. I think he's a narcissist. Um, I think it's always been about him a little bit. He even says in there, some people think I'm an a-hole. I probably am an a-hole. I mean, to his own self-admission. Um, probably OCD, and I think he admits in the article, too, that he's he's got a little OCD. Um, it, it's a fantastic read. I mean, to be honest with you, if you if you're sitting somewhere in in Minnesota and you just like football, it's a it's a fantastic retrospective of somebody's life. Um, but I don't know. To, I, I to, went I went from saying, see, he, he he is exactly who I think he is as a person, to also, but I think he understands how to be a good coach. That's what I was going to say. Don't you need a little bit of that as a coach? Don't you need a little bit of narcissism? Don't you need a little bit of being an ass sometimes. So you're because uh, hey, hey, De- Deion Sanders has got some of that in him, but it's different. Like it, it's a flamboyant version. That's right? not necessarily true. I mean, he also went to sixty kids on that roster and said, "Listen, man, you gotta get out of here." You know what Which, I mean? So, yeah. so <laughs> there it is. He found it. <laughs> yeah. um, that drop is so good. Uh, listen, I, I think you need to have a little because you know Dion. He's talking about his guys who made the cut and talks about them glowingly and lovingly and so on and so forth. But there was also a whole bunch of guys that didn't make the cut that he was probably kind of an ass to. Like, you're not good enough to make this team. But, and but, so but, do but, you need some of that in a coach, Scotty? Uh, uh, I don't know. I, 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 if you win, it doesn't matter who you are, good, bad, indifferent. Um, you, need, you need fair. Don't need equal because not every guy is equal, and you, you treat certain people differently. Some people can take hard criticism. Tyler and I are probably those guys you can yell at, and we're going to just say yes, sir. And then there's other guys you yell at, and they're in the, the toilet for the next three weeks. 
you got to you got to understand how okay you know I need to treat this guy a little bit differently. Um, as a person, I don't like Sean Payton personally, but that doesn't matter. It's, it's him as a coach. This this program has been in the toilet for eight years, um, and they've had nice guys. They've had one-sided guys. They've had guys that really didn't have a clue. Actually, they had two guys that really didn't know how to clue being the head coach. They need a guy, and one thing I'll say about Champagne, he knows how to be a head coach. Whether whether you need a narcissist or uh, a-hole up there to do that, I don't know. But I, I think at this franchise moment in time, they needed Champagne, to be, to be honest with you. And I don't necessarily like the guy as a person, but they needed – I think kind of a hard ass. Yeah. And I think that's what he is. Last word, TP, any thoughts on if you need to have those qualities as a coach? You need to command respect. Mm -hmm. Uh, You you have to have an aura about you that screams belief. And I think Sean Payton has all that. I do. Uh, And I I think players, when Sean Payton walks in the room, people believe. Uh, people are going to do what he says because they think that he knows what he's doing. Uh, so and he works, I, and that's there. There's a lot of guys come in there and talk the talk, and you say, "Oh, that guy no," and then you realize, dude, ain't even working. Yeah, he works. Yeah. All right. Uh, coming up next, we're doing the daily dose, and uh, we'll talk more about that Nick Bosa extension on Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Columbus Hastings and Dover. I'm Rob filling in for Josh Dover. And we have him back. DT, back from north of the border to deliver football news to us. It's DT's Daily Dose. What do you got, Dan Tanner? All right, guys, just uh, a day away, a little over 24 hours from the first NFL game of the season. Obviously, we heard about Travis Kelsey hyperextending his knee. Now, the Chiefs do say they believe his ACL is intact. But let's hear from Ian Rappaport on uh, Travis Kelsey's availability for tomorrow night's game against the Lions. Well, for Thursday night, my understanding is his status is in doubt. In other words, we simply do not know right now. The fact that his injury happened just a couple days before the big-time showdown on Thursday, probably not a good sign for him potentially playing against the Detroit Lions. It is pretty swollen. They're going to see how he is tomorrow, see how quickly they can get the swelling down and then assess from there. That is the maybe not so great news for Thursday that there is a possibility that Travis Kelsey, because he injured himself so quickly before the game, does not play. However, this is also extremely important. Sources say that it is not believed to be a long-term injury for Travis Kelsey. So even if he does not play Thursday night, there is a chance that his absence from the field is a relatively short one. Interesting. You know, you don't think it's not like a soft tissue injury. And so I don't think it lingers, but I also didn't play in the NFL, TP. So well, I've hyperextended my knee, and it sucks. Uh, honestly, it's it is insanely painful, like like incredibly painful. But I do not think it's one of those that, like once you heal, you you kind of heal. It, it it it's back. Uh, I I think it would be a miracle for him to get back on that short of notice for Thursday night. But if he gets two and a half weeks, which I think is give or take what it would it would come out to for the second game. You might be back for week for week two. So, Scotty, should I hammer the Lions plus five and a half here? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> you know, the Lions were, were one of my favorite teams to watch last year. Uh, I love just that solid blue jersey with the gray pants. I don't know why. I'm the Honolulu blue? Yeah, throw back to when Barry Sanders was going on there. Um, 
Well, it's a chance to see how much a lack of Kelsey will affect that offense in Kansas City. Andy Reid, one of the best offensive geniuses ever, right? Um, and then also a chance to see if Detroit's real. Can they go into Kansas City and compete? Not an easy opener for them. Man, Detroit would be doing us a huge favor if they beat them. Yeah. Huge favor. Uh, I think they'd be doing the whole AFC a huge favor if they well, beat yeah, them. Well, yeah, no kidding. Um, but, you know, what's interesting about it is for an up-and-coming team, the Jared Goff is an okay quarterback. I'm not saying he's a great quarterback. But one thing he is is experienced. He's played in big-time games. He's played in a Super Bowl. And I think the fact that when you have this up-and-coming team that the leader of this team, the leader of this offense, isn't necessarily shaking in his boots is going to be, I, I think, an advantage well, for the Lions. Well, didn't it say something about Detroit and, and the coaches up there? Because he was a reclamation project. Yeah, right? well, yeah, he I mean, was giving up on it for sure. Kind of, yeah, and gave up on him a little bit. Yeah, interesting. All right, DT, what's next? All right, well, let's hear from the other side of this game. Here is Lions head coach Dan Campbell on preparing his team to play an arrowhead. I've uh, played there, coached there, and I, I just go back. It's an unbelievable environment. It really is. I mean, it, it's, uh, um, man, to go on the road at a place like that, I, I, I just what I told my guys, man, embrace it. Enjoy this. This is not a stressful. This shouldn't be stressful. This should be, uh, man, take it all in. Enjoy the sunlight, if you will. I know it's at night, but um, I mean, it's just, you know, when you're a true competitor to go on the road in an environment like this, man, I, I think it really brings out the best in you. Um, and so we know what we have to do communication wise. That's the big piece of this. And and honestly, it's no different than any other game. Once you get through this early portion, even the openers on both sides of the ball, now you're into the flow of the game. And uh so, man, we just got to stay steady, consistent. No, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Um, you know, and and uh, they know that. I mean, we could be down 14. We could be up 14. And you got to play every play. Scotty, uh, you've played plenty of big games in your life. Is it, was there any secret for you to not get too high, not get too low? Um, the greatest team I ever played on, the won a championship, had the greatest mindset for road games. Um, one, everybody hated us. So every game was kind of a big game the couple years I was there. But they had a mindset of basically, we don't care. And and we had the ability when we heard boos, those are like cheers. Because we said, if they're booing us that hard, mm -hmm. they're afraid of us. Yeah. So you got to go with it. it. It's a different mindset. Willis Reed once told us, you got to have basically an FM attitude. We don't care what they did. We don't care. F them. Let's go. What about you, TP? Uh, the secret, this isn't this isn't rocket science here, but the secret to big games is you make every single game you've ever played in the most important game of your life. Absolutely. And and, and then there's there's no big game. Right. It, it's every single game you ever play in is life and death. And so That's there's no mindset. extra pressure. And, and and this is this isn't any different. Or like Dion said, it's personal. Yeah. Big game. Right. Real, real quickly, a second part of that. He kind of talked about the atmosphere at Arrowhead and how it's unique. There's only a handful, I would say, of NFL buildings that kind of feel like a college atmosphere, kind of crazy like that. Is that one of them? And tell me, you know, maybe what a couple of the others are that you've uh, Green Bay for sure. That's probably the most college-like feel in the NFL. Maybe Buffalo a little bit. Um I don't know. I, I guess I don't get that vibe from Kansas City. I, I certainly see why you say that. Uh, Loud. 
Yeah, it's loud. loud. It's third, loud. Third oldest stadium. They they and they build it when they build it to hold the noise in a little bit for that stadium. And it, I, I think it's to me it was always one of my favorite places to go and broadcast from, and the boos were tiny and all that stuff. But um, and, and we talked about Nebraska games and all the. I mean, you go in the Chiefs game. I don't care if, if they're three and whatever or they're the best team in the league. It is a red out. What, what about every night? Red out. What about best atmospheres for you, Scotty? That you were um, in there as, in, in the booth. In the booth football, Kansas City was great. Did a game Buffalo. It was just so damn cold that I don't. I don't remember. I mean, I'm broadcasting <laughs> with with stocking caps and and we got the windows open. I mean, so I, I'm sure. It, 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 I'm sure it was good. Uh, I did remember one once doing a fall game in Buffalo where the weather's kind of nice, and it's a shock. I didn't realize rednecks lived all the way up in the Northeast. Oh yeah, but there was a lot of rednecks oh, yeah. that go to Buffalo games. They I was shocked sure. by that. Do you know we jump through tables and light stuff yeah. on fire? Yeah, right? no, but I mean, I'm talking. <laughs> I, I watched a dude wearing no no shirt and overalls up in Buffalo, New York, and I went, "Dude, you trying to make me feel at home?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> but atmosphere wise. Yeah, that, that that was big. The old Dallas Stadium was fun. Really? The, the, uh, old, the old one? Look, the single-handed best atmosphere in the NFL is Seattle. It's loudest. It's the best atmosphere in the NFL. You walk out of that building, and your ears will ring for hours after that game. It is literally the loudest, right? It, it, it and Arrowhead go back and forth as the two loudest outdoor stadiums. Well, right? I called mm-hmm. games in Seattle in the Kingdom. And then uh, the University of Washington, when they were tearing it down and building the new one, I loved the Kingdom. Really? I mean, it had a the booth we broadcast in was bigger than these two rooms together. It was awesome. They had a couch in the back. You had places to actually hang your clothes up, or your your jackets All and right, stuff. Well, I'm not so worried about your comfort. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. It was one of my favorite. And and then the University of Washington. Love and hate University of Washington. I love because we came on the concourse. Have to go up. It's the first time I ever saw a P wall. Oh yeah, you never seen a P wall before. I had never, not until I went to University of Washington at that stadium. Do you know what it, a P wall is? I don't know what a P wall is. Oh. It's basically like just a trot, like a like a little drainage a ditch the yeah, entire yeah, way. But, but it's basically tiled wall. It's long. I mean, twenty feet long with water, just kind of like a waterfall yeah. running down it small trough at the bottom and you just stand up against the wall and take a leak yeah i love that as many I, guys as you can fit shoulder to shoulder yeah. and if you're more comfy than that I, then the get first close. Year come I on in. in first year i called a game there i was excited the second year come back said so we gotta find the p-wall and I, <laughs> I just absolutely love the p-wall yeah. but the broadcast booth was connected to the top rafters and when that thing shook you you thought the whole we, we were just waiting for this thing to fall fall off. It was scary. They've torn that down since, right? Washington. That's that's a new University stadium. That the, the, the University of Washington has there. I don't think right so. on the water where the boats come. That's in? a new stadium. I, I thought they, so. And how about well, a I mean that, that thing's been there for at least twenty some years. Oh yeah. really? Okay, oh, yeah. I might be wrong. Well, well, how about the tailgates in Washington? The, the boats pull up. and oh, they just try to latch each other. That's yeah. so. Crazy. When, when I lived there, I lived right on the opposite side of that water. That's awesome. And 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 so I could see from my house the University of Washington. It was incredible Saturday looking over that water and seeing all those boats pull in. Yeah, it was awesome. amazing. All right, DT, what's next? All right, fellas, a little bit of breaking news here in the NFL. Adam Schefter tweets out, Sean McVay has ruled out Cooper Cup for Sunday's regular season opener. He also adds to this that Sean McVay said he would not rule out placing him on the IR. Oh, 
Okay. Well, that's interesting. So bad news for fantasy owners. Now, listen, we we knew that. I mean, good, he was to go- know, good to know for those of us who are drafting tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we knew that he was going to see a specialist uh, and get a second in- opinion on the hamstring. Uh, so we knew it was more severe than, you know, him bouncing back and playing week one. It just, for me, it makes me go right to Judy, of course. And, of course, they can have different severities of hamstring strains. But you, you wonder if th- them protecting Cup like this is the same thing the Broncos should do with Judy and protect him. Well, Cliss literally just now put out a tweet one minute ago. Uh, Jerry Judy hamstring was limited participant in practice today. Ran a few routes, but not many, at least during the media viewing progress. So uh, he, he's, he's out there working. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to protect guys from themselves, you know? Well, yeah, you got 17 games now, so I guess you can have a throwaway game, although – I'm not sure the Broncos or Peyton can afford a throwaway game this week. And, you know, we had assumed coming in after the way he ended the season last year that Jerry Judy was going to be your best receiver. Yeah. But I wouldn't play the hamstring. Um, and I talked to another wide receiver who played in the league. He said the hamstrings and wide receivers, those are one of your scary things. Yeah. Those are one of those scary things. If you don't nip it in the bud early, it lingers all year and you're, you're not as effective. Yeah. So I, I hope he doesn't play. Because he's not 100. percent If he's limited today in practice, he ain't 100. percent Don't play. Yeah. All right, DT, what's next? All right, let's get some positive injury news out here on the Daily Dose. Uh, let's go back to Ian Rappaport and get an update on Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow. Will he be ready for Week One? Meanwhile, better things for Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals star quarterback, still dealing with that calf strain from oh about six weeks or so ago. Timing is on the Bengals' side. It does sound like Burrow has been able to let this heal fully. He was back at a fully padded practice a couple days ago. My understanding is he is trending in the right direction to be not just on the field for the opener, but 100% on it as well. Scotty, you're the non-believer. Go ahead. Listen, it is what it is. We shall see. I mean, you think, though, that this is going to be something that affects his play for the year? Because it's uh, the type of injury that lingers, is what you've said. Is that right? Um, if they're saying it's 100%, you're good. Because you got you got to count on that, right? I mean, we used to be, well, you've got to be 110%. 100% is the best you can get. If you're 100% and they're saying you're 100%, go play. But if you're 85, don't play. Then you're in trouble. Even at quarterback? I, I, I wouldn't. You'd sit him down. I would. What about you, TP? Look, I've, I've never had the calf like Scott, so I'll, I'll take him at his word. Uh, it's It would seem to me at QB, it would be a relatively low risk, especially the type of play that he has. Uh, so Was it right or left calf? I don't know. I don't if know. If I remember the video, it was his right calf. But so what do you push off on when you pass? Uh, You're right. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and scrambling around the pocket too, you know. that That's a quick twitch movement. It's, oh, I feel pressure. I got to make a quick movement here, and that's how you tweak something. So. All right, DT, last one. Lastly, fellas, uh, Tyler brought this up earlier in the show. Nick Bosa has agreed to a five-year, $170 million extension with the Niners, including 122 and a half of that guaranteed. Uh, that's It will make him the highest-paid defensive player in league history. So the, one of the big questions was if the contract was going to come in bigger than Aaron Donald's, and the answer is yes. Which is interesting. Which was a dumb question. And he's younger. Why? Every new contract comes in bigger than the last. He has had the biggest contract for like four or five years now. 
It's been people have been shocked that okay, nobody's but if they gone had over. A, any player of Bosa's? Sure, Miles Garrett, Joey Bosa. There was a bunch of contracts that got signed that, right. did, not, well, that, that did not. Well, that, that's, that's, that's 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 a unicorn. If Aaron Donald stood out for four straight years, that's a unicorn because and he th- is. Th- th- this is just what happens in the NFL. But the next up is the next highest paid. And he didn't get paid till after they won the Super Bowl. That's when he signed his contract. I think so, yeah. So this is only his second year into that. Um, oh, no, it was the year before. It was the year before? I thought it was. Well, regardless, we can look it up. I, yeah, I, but it's, it's interesting because he's a DT. Right, and for D tackles, Quinn Williams signed that huge deal in the offseason, and he's, I think it was like $7 million behind Aaron Donald. You know what yeah. I mean? And you're comparing that with Nick Bosa, who's a defensive end, there, and it's there, a totally different Yeah, but there's certain guys, rate. you know, forget the DT, you know, uh, NT, you know, DE, uh, OLB, whatever it is. How do you impact the game? And Aaron Donald impacts the game from wherever they play Oh, there was no there was four or five year period where Aaron Donald was just the best football player in the league. Yeah, uh, any position, just the best player in the league. So let's talk about what that contract means for both Nick Bosa and for the rest of the NFL. For Nick, Tyler, how quickly do you think he plays? I mean, he knows the system. You assume he's been staying Sunday? in shape, right? Like, can can he go Sunday? Uh, I think he goes every snap on Sunday. You yeah. do? You yeah, think yeah. it just doesn't matter? Uh, yeah. Same well, thing I, for you, Scotty. Every, every snap. I, I, I mean, know. he won't go every snap because none of those guys do. But, I mean, every snap that he normally would. He, he will play. Yeah. He, and he, he, play 100% of the snaps he normally yeah. would? Yeah. So, let me ask you this. Uh, who's the next D guy like a Bosa that gets paid? Well, so there's there's a couple that are holding out right now that aren't quite like they're, Bosa's. They're nowhere near that category. But no. Burns isn't anywhere near that category. But people are saying that they were waiting for him to sign his deal to kind of slot in behind him which will still be a significant pay upgrade because I think the next one down is Miles Garrett, and I think he was like $5 million below what that number is for Nick Bosa. So, you know, if Burns, yeah, he's not Nick Bosa, but can he slot in above Miles Garrett? Can he slot in above Khalil Mack? I mean, you know what I, I mean? I, yeah, I would guess yes. I would, especially considering you've now got a new standard, you've got a new bar, and it, years have gone by. Uh the other one I think is it's Chris Jones, it's or Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones. Um, but then yes, you got Chris Jones also. Chris Jones as well, and then uh, Brian Burns are, are kind of the three hold. Oh, Wil- Wilkerson too. In, oh yeah, yeah. In Miami. Yeah. And two, so you've got two nose tackles there. But to your point, Scotty, um, just because they play, they push that pocket from the inside instead of the outside doesn't make them any less valuable. Uh, so do you yes, think these start? Huh? Does it? Yes. Really? Uh-huh. Go ahead. Aaron Donald got paid because he's a unicorn that gets after the pass rusher at a position that traditionally does not get after the pass mm-hmm. rusher. So if you're going to be a unicorn that gets after the passer from one of those spots, okay, you'll get paid like a unicorn. But 99% of the time, those dudes don't get after the QB, and the dudes that get paid get after the QB. And they'll move him sometimes. I've seen him move up to a, to a DN position too. I mean, they'll mm-hmm. move him outside. I can imagine if I'm a right tackle and all of a sudden, Wait a minute, you're supposed to be over the guard. Dude, okay. I'll tell you one of the scariest <laughs> moments of my life. You guys remember big old Albert Hainsworth? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, I, I'm watching film, I'm prepping, I'm playing out in Washington. And it was after he failed in Washington. God, where did he go? I, I played him, where did he go after that? Uh, after Washington. Uh, where, wherever he was, I, I, I played him after that. And I'm watching the film, and he's just on the inside. So I'm not watching any Albert Hainsworth film, like personally. I'm not studying him, right? Because he doesn't come out over the tackle. 
the very first third down, Albert Hainsworth comes out right over me. And I'm like, what is happening right now? This is the largest human being I've ever seen in my life. I have no prep in my mind. I didn't study you. You haven't come out over a tackle all season long. And all of a sudden you're there. You know what I did? I put my hand in the dirt on third down and I run blocked him. That's what I did. I was going to say, cut him? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, and, and it worked. He, he didn't do anything. Yeah. But I literally put my hand in the dirt and I just went at him as hard as I possibly could. And? Smart. And it worked. Okay. We were waiting for but, the end of the story. But, but I tinkled down my pants. Yeah. <laughs> that's the third uh, player that you told us that you went against that you peed your pants for. Well, so I do that about every day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, Should news. Tanner calls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> well, that's for We've yeah. got breaking news coming out of Dove Valley. We've got uh, some captains named. We'll talk about it next on Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Radio 92.5, living our semi-charm kind of life. Scott Hastings, Tyler Columbus. I'm Rob Giorgio filling in for Josh Dover. And we've got Broncos captains, fellas. And oh, they're out. There's there's an interesting name. At least I think it's an interesting name. I'm interested to see what All you All right, hold guys. on, hold on. Let's play a game. Uh, how, many, how many captains? Uh, nice. Oh, no. Yeah. That's, that's six. Six? Oh, that's stupid. I mean, that, that's just stupid. I mean, it's better than nine. Who was it with nine yesterday? Uh, uh, Carolina. Was that Carolina? Who no, was that? Philadelphia, maybe? Phil- I don't remember. Somebody in Philadelphia. Yeah. 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 All right, so we got six. All right, do you want to guess or do you just yeah, want me yeah, to read yeah, it? No, 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 I want to guess. I okay. want to guess. I want to guess. All right. All right, so offense, you got Russell Wilson. You've got Cortland Sutton. Um, I don't think you'll get the last one. Oh, uh, boy. Do we have an offense? McGlinchey, maybe? Okay, yes, and then no. on defense you have okay, okay. On defense you got Simmons. You've got uh, is Pat Sertan a captain? Should be. I'm going to say yes. Pat Sertan is a captain. Okay. Uh, with the, we well, then, we do, we need a special team special right teamer. Special teamer, yeah. Right. So let's. I I have no clue on special teams to be honest. Okay, no anyone that you want to change? So you want to put lots in there? Anything that you want to change from his list? Um, I'm gonna go Bowles instead of McGlinchey. Okay, here are your six captains: Kareem Jackson. I, I thought, dude, that was the one I wanted to do instead of Pat Sertan. That's the one I wanted to do. Justin Simmons are your two defensive captains. Dang it. I should have gone with my gut there. Pat Sertan did not make a captain. And on this tweet that is only a couple minutes old, there are a whole lot of no Sertan for captains. Yeah, but, but but listen, there's a reason. Because Kareem is that Kareem is that vocal dog, right? Like yeah. like he he's he's the voice. Yeah. He, uh, Sertan is also your but all they pro also co- got him on depth charts as your backup. Leaders right. in dogs, my man. Right. Like like Sertan right. is your dog. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think you Consider putting a C on him at least. Oh, no, no. He's definitely worthy of a C. Yes. But didn't get one this year. But there's a reason why I struggled with it. There's well, a reason Von why Miller I was didn't... sitting there wondering if he was going to make it or not. Von Miller wasn't a captain until the sixth season. Right. Right. Yeah. He had other issues, though, that but Sertan he's hasn't he's had. He's still the best defensive player you had on the team. That's true. Uh, your special teams captain is Riley Dixon. So punter over kicker. I mean, Lutz just got here, right? You can't. 
<laughs> you can't. I, I, but I, I, I could, that would be a great surprised. Sean Payton move, though. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, my new guy, the, my, my old dude, that's your new captain. Your offensive captains. So we got three on offense, right? Three on offense. Okay. Russell Wilson. Cortland which Sutton. you expected. Cortland Sutton, which is I expected. expected. And then the third one was was tough. Is Mike McGlinchey. Boom! You nailed Crushed it. Crushed that thing. You nailed it. And I was surprised to nailed see McGlinchey on there. If I just uh, would have followed my gut on Pat Sertan and I struggled with that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so you're not surprised about McGlinchey. Let's talk about that a second because not it's not just about his play or his status in the league or anything like that. He also missed most of camp. Yeah, so yeah, it's I'm a little that's why I'm a little bit he's surprised. He's a veteran Scott. presence that you paid and we don't get to go in the locker rooms. I'll bet you he is a big voice in that offensive locker room. Have you guys listened to his when he talks to the press? Like have you heard much of it? No, not much of it. He's got presidential qualities. Okay. Right? Like like he speaks like he is in command. He speaks like he's in charge, you know. And and I think honestly I think he likes talking to the media a little bit if I'm being totally honest about it. Uh but but you could just tell uh, through all of that this dude, number one's got the confidence. Number two, he's got the leader, the natural, like, like that's got to come naturally. Not, not everybody just gets up there and is fluid sure. g- giving speeches and talking to people, right? Sure. That's got to come natural. And then just the money that you paid him on top of it, you just added those all up and it made sense. I mean, when you're walking in the door because of the money you paid him, you think to yourself, yeah, I'd like this guy to be a leader. But like you said, not everybody has that quality. Uh, Scott, I'm sure you've been part of more than one team where the guy who's getting paid the most isn't necessarily, you know, your leader on that team. No, I I mean, I played in in Atlanta with Dominic Wilkins, and and he was also our best player and stuff, but I don't ever remember him being named captain. Yeah. Back when captains actually semi mattered, but no, it ain't always about highest paid. And there's there's also dudes that are highest paid that are just dogs. Um, Bosa just became the highest paid guy with with um, with San Francisco, and he's probably a dog. I think he is. Oh, definitely. A dog. But is he a leader on that team? Is he one of those guys that will get a C? Uh, Aaron Donald would be, and is I think. And yeah, he, yeah. I mean, he's but he's got a you know. He can talk. So let's let's, and I know we're making everything about CU now, but I do kind of because I like what Dion did, and we spent we had a really good conversation about it yesterday. The difference between leaders and dogs. Well, now you know who the six captains are. Yeah. So tell me if you're giving them an L for a leader or a well, D for see, a dog. And the only reason why I caved on Pat Sertan is because he's a dog, and so I'm like, all right, well, well, he's worthy of it play wise, but that dude doesn't he doesn't like talking. Like, like he, that's a quiet dude, man. He, he, he's quiet. I, I think he's getting a little bit more vocal on the field, but off the field, he's certainly quiet. Doesn't love the attention um, uh, of the group that we've got. So let's go through. Well, right. the, the, the group that you got, two, two of the guys are your two oldest players. See, Kareem's an Kareem's interesting players. one. Kareem? Kareem's an interesting one. Is he a leader because or a dog? He's a previous dog that is now a leader. Okay. That, that, Scotty, that, that, that's what he is. Well, and a, and a guy you assume might not even make this team. Yeah, and, yeah, and, I, and now he's a captain, yeah. right? So I, I think you went with two guys. And listen, Cream Jackson is a leader. I think he's been a leader for a while, and he was a dog. I mean, he played like a dog. Yeah. He, he changed the defense, what, four or five years ago when they moved him off corner to safety. He impacted the game immediately the next game. Um, I love him. But I, I think Peyton, who's an old-school kind of guy, Parcells kind of guy, I think he looks at McGlinchey and he looks at, at, at Cream. These guys have seen it all. These guys uh, uh, know highs and lows. So you're giving. And so I think I think that was experience speaking right there. Quarterback, you got it. 
Now hold on, hold on. Let's, let's go through one because I want to know if you're putting an L or a D on them, right? Because it's a there's a different letter. You can't put both. They don't. Nobody had both of them. I would so, put a D on I Kareem. I don't, I don't know what, anybody in that group that I put a D on. Kareem be the closest. Well, in a free, Justin in a, Simmons in, in a previous no. life, I would put an L on him. I think he deserves both, but I would put an Justin L on him. Justin Simmons is the only one in that group that is deserving of a D. No. But 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 I still think no. I, I still think his best characteristics is his leadership. Okay, yeah. Riley yeah. Dixon, obviously leader, right? Yeah, uh, I'd keep a letter off his jersey. Ru- Russell Wilson, leader. L, right, leader. See, Cortland, seeing Cortland's Cortland, Cortland he continues to be voted captain. He must be something different behind closed doors. Yeah, because in the in the public sphere, he just doesn't come out come across as like the most vocal leader in the world, right? And he's certainly not a dog right now, unfortunately. I, I'll say he, he, had, a, your definition he, had, fan, dog too, he had a fantastic though. training camp. I mean, my definition is just a game changer. It's simple as that. I mean, if you go out there and you change games, you're a dog, you know? Um, now, I mean, you, you you can simplify it, and certainly you could change it. Do you show up when it matters? You know, well, I think there's, there's you could argue that it's not necessarily about game changer. It's a, who's got that grit, who's got that edge mm-hmm, to him. Yeah, that's that's a different definition of dog than dog for just me the is best a, player. A, a dude is going to bring it every single snap, every single down, every single minute. Same thing in practice. Yeah. Um, and and will they change games of time? Yeah, but he his game changer might be making you better. And so that's why I wanted to bring up the last one is Mike McGlinchey. I mean, you're saying he sounds very presidential and you think you would give him an L on his jersey? Or do you think he's the kind of guy who gets after people in practice and he would be a dog? I'd put an L on him because he's going to get beat often enough that you're going to look at it and you're not going to say it's a dog. Uh, No, I like Mike McGlinchey. I really respect the hell out of his game. I think a lot of people kind of – they kind of crap on him, honestly, yeah. and and I I think he's a great football player, but he will get he will have two or three games this season that you will look at him and you might feel like hey you were the problem in pass protection in the running game he's a dog, but in 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 pass protection he's going to get beat enough that you're going to be like ah oh, man your people will call him soft, which is an unfair term for him because and and I'm a little bit sensitive to it because I I, I know the struggle I was six foot eight. You know what the scouting report was on Tyler Columbus? Run down his chest. Uh, he, he's six foot Bull eight. Rush, yeah. He doesn't have the leverage on you. He's tall. He's lanky. He's skinny. You're not going to beat him around the edge. You're not going to beat him with the spin moves. Run down his chest. Mike's got the same problem, right? He, he's an athlete out there that people are going to run down his chest, and then they're going to look at him. They're going to say he's soft. Well, is he soft in the running game? Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, it's – it's also about demeanor, I think, for me and Scotty, too, not just necessarily what the scouting report is. I think you'd like to have five dogs on the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah, you would. You yeah, know? I mean, that, that would definitely be ideal for yeah. sure. Well, Shador has an L on that chest, and uh, I uh, I hope that they continue to um, find ways to encourage people to be dogs, both Broncos and Buffs, because – I think you need that little bit of an edge, and and I agree with you. I think, Scotty, that's part of it. All right, guys, uh, thanks for letting me sit in today again. I appreciate it. Uh, DT and Josh Grismer. DT, it's good to have you back behind the glass. Nice job today. You don't believe. Next question. (laughs) Scotty doesn't. Scotty just gave you a new hat. Oh, you turned you off. (laughs) That's fine. I like your new hat. All right, guys, I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me sit in. Crackman and Lindahl are next on Altitude Sports Radio 92.5.
Don't 